Hello all, welcome or welcome back to And Everything In Between. I'm your host, Mela. I know it's been it's been a hot minute since I've been able to record an episode, and I'm really sorry about that. And I know I said that I would be very consistent every two weeks, every other Sunday, but I have just been so busy, like I really wanted to record episodes, but I just had no time. I've been studying for my AP exams, studying for my ACT. It's just like so much schoolwork right now, but summer is almost here. I have like two more weeks and now things are finally starting to slow down a little bit. I just have to get through my physics exam and then and then I'll actually be available. Like I will be the most available podcast host you've ever seen. Like, I will be recording episodes. I'll never be skipping episodes. Well, you know, never say never, but yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. I just have been so busy, but while I was gone, I was thinking about what to the subject for this next episode, and I actually discovered or I came up with the subject that I wanted to talk about today, And I realized that it came from this book I read recently, which my friend recommended to me. And you guys, when I say everyone needs to read this book, everyone, okay? You need to read it. Your mom needs to read it. Your friend needs to read it. Your teacher needs to read it. Everyone needs to read this book. And it's called A Very Large Expanse of Sea by Tahara Mafi. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I was pronouncing her name right. Um... But this book is one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life, and I really think it teaches it teaches the reader some valuable lessons about ignorance, and that's going to be the topic of today's episode. It was inspired by this book, and I'm going to talk about the book for a few minutes. As you know, this is kind of a routine that we have. I talk about a book, and then I record the episode. And sometimes, or a lot of the times, the subject of the episode is based on a book. But I've also been able to read some more, which is really nice, towards the end of the year. Um, I also read Legend by Marie Lu. I read The Complete Persepolis. That was actually for my English class, but I read The Complete Persepolis by Marjane Satrapi. And I read Educated by Tara Westover, which was a really enlightening memoir. And I usually don't read memoirs, but... That was definitely, definitely a roller coaster of a memoir, and I would recommend it. I would definitely recommend it. Um, the Complete Persepolis, really very interesting perspective into the lives of Iranians during this kind of wartime, and you know how one individual's life was affected by that. And what else? Although it is a school book, so anytime I'm reading a book for school. It's always a little bit, I always enjoy it a little bit less than if I were to read it for my own pleasure and just my own enjoyment, but it was still good. I would definitely recommend that. Also kind of a memoir, but in a graphic novel format. And then what else? What else did I say? Oh yeah, Legend Marie Lu. Um, I would definitely say if you're into that dystopian kind of enemies to lovers trope, definitely recommend that book. It was it was okay. Um, I honestly think, I don't know, I just think... The writing was a little bit surface level at times. I don't know exactly what I mean by that, but I I didn't love it. I liked it. I liked it. It was it was an okay book, but it wasn't anything that I would remember for a while after I read it. But this book, A Very Large Expanse of Sea, let me tell you about this book. Number one, 
The characters are amazing. I love the main character, Shireen. I love her so much. She is, she's funny, you know, but she has that personality and she also has a lot of things to say about her identity and I just really enjoyed her hearing the story from her perspective. Um, I also you know her brother was a really enjoyable character as well. Her friends were enjoyable. It's just a great book. And what I thought was very unique was that Mafi was able to write in a way that encapsulates exactly how teenagers talk to each other. Like when I was reading the dialogue between characters, I was thinking to myself, oh my god, I talk this exact way to my friends. This is so accurate. And it's really hard for an adult writer to write how teenagers at this time, at this age, talk because, you know, they're not that age anymore. So it's like, okay, let me see what today's teenagers, how today's teenagers are speaking. And she really nailed it. I mean, it was so accurate. That's like one thing I noticed. And her writing is just amazing. It's very easy to follow, but she she explores these really important themes of identity, you know, racism, prejudices. And I just really loved the book. I loved the characters. I loved Ocean. Oh my god, I was thinking about this book forever, guys. I was walking through the hallway at school and literally tearing up at this book, just thinking about it. I wasn't even reading the book, obviously, because I'm walking in the hallway, but I was thinking about the book and, oh my god, I just, everyone has to read it. It teaches you so many important lessons. It's just such a great book. And as I was saying, it did teach me about ignorance and specifically ignorance that was targeted towards Muslims after 9-11 because I feel like one of the things that people don't talk about is the effects on Muslims living in America after 9-11 because there was so much racism and I think Mafi did a really great job kind of exploring that and conveying that to readers who may not be Muslim but just to help them understand and just kind of tell the story of someone whose voice is not always represented. So I really value that as well. And yeah, it just, I think the lessons it taught me about ignorance were really that it just showed me, you know, what, to what extent can people go from ignorance? How does ignorance start in people's minds and how does that kind of transform into their actions? But it shows you the effect that your ignorance may have on another person. So you know, saying jokes that people may think are funny, you know, how does the person on the receiving end of that joke feel, especially when the joke is targeted towards someone because of their race and because Shireen in the book, who that's the main character, because she wore hijab, she went to a primarily white school and lived in a primarily white area, you know, how how was their ignorance different from maybe people who go to a diverse school where people are actually aware of other cultures? So I think I think the book just taught me so much and I love how it's a very large expanse of sea because that's the Google definition for ocean. I was thinking, I was like, a very large expanse of sea, that sounds like what the definition of ocean is. So I Googled ocean and it was, it was the definition of ocean who is one of the main characters in the book. So just an amazing book. Everyone needs to read it. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about the book. But let's get into the main subject of today's episode. I want to start off with discussing the roots of ignorance because ignorance can look ignorance can look very different. It's a broad spectrum. So ignorance can just be 
Ignorance can be just not being aware of other cultures and saying something maybe racist or just saying something that is, I'm trying to think of the word, um, I can't remember the word. Oh, I have such a good word to describe what I'm saying. But just saying something that is, oh, insensitive, I want to say, insensitive. Or ignorance can just be completely just having false stereotypes about a group of people or generalizing a group of people. So ignorance is a huge spectrum. And I want to talk about where ignorance comes from. What are the causes of it? In my opinion, and from my experience, ignorance comes from a lack of education and a lack of exposure. When I say a lack of exposure, I mean just a lack of knowledge and actually seeing other cultures and meeting people of other cultures, learning about other cultures, because we know that ignorance is often directed towards people who have a different culture or maybe a different religion or a different background than you. And that's why education is so important, because when we are aware of other cultures, when we understand, you know, certain religious traditions or we understand certain we see certain ethnic clothing and we can respect other people and we can respect where they come from and we just treat them as if we would any other person. And when we're educated about those people, we're educated about what ignorance looks like and what is okay to say and what's not okay to say, then we can kind of slow this cycle of ignorance. And another thing, kind of more specific, in my opinion, ignorance comes from male privilege or white privilege. And that's why it's harder for minorities and it's harder for women to be ignorant against people in that in their own group because they experience things directly. And like I said, ignorance comes from a lack of exposure and a lack of experience and even a lack of empathy. So speaking about my own experiences as a woman, when since I'm a woman, I am aware of what sexism looks like. And I'm aware of what when someone is being sexist to me and when someone is just not happy with me or just treating me that way just because they're just, that's just who they are. They're kind of just not a nice person. So I'm able to differentiate the two. But because I'm a woman, I can identify when it's sexism because I know what that looks like since I've been directly affected by those experiences. And the same goes for minorities, you know. If you're a minority, you may know, or you probably do know, when something is racist and when someone is intentionally being racist or even just really unaware of what they're saying versus when someone is not. So I feel like when you're a part of those groups, those groups that are often targeted, those groups that are on the receiving end of ignorance, it is harder to be ignorant against people. It's harder for me to be ignorant against struggles that other women go through, other women with a similar background as me who live in a similar area, kind of an affluent country. It's harder for me to be ignorant to them because I've experienced the same things. And the same thing goes for minorities. But when you haven't experienced that, when you are white and you're trying to think about, kind of put yourself in the perspective of someone who may be a person of color and you're trying to think about how they feel on the receiving end of ignorance, it's harder to put yourself in their shoes. And that's just a fundamental idea. It's harder to put yourself in the shoes of someone who you have never experienced that before. You know, if you're white, 
you have never experienced racism before. So it's super hard to imagine what that's like. But when you kind of refuse to imagine what that's like, or when you refuse to when you refuse to think about what you're saying or don't make an attempt to respect other cultures or think about what you're saying, then it's easier to be ignorant. And it comes from that privilege. You know, when you have white privilege, it's easy to say, oh, I'm so used to getting what I want. I'm so used to being treated nicer in public than someone else who may be of a minority background. And someone of a minority background may say, well, that's because you're white. And you may say, oh no, that's just because people are nice. But when you think about the way people have been treated throughout history, you realize, oh yeah, it is most likely because I'm white that I was treated maybe kindly by a police officer, for example. So that's what I kind of mean when I'm saying ignorance comes from white or male privilege. And the same thing goes for male privilege. You know, if you have that privilege, it's harder to recognize that you have it. But when you do recognize you have it, you start to see little things and you start to say, hey, maybe the reason people accepted my answer in class so easily was because I'm a male and it would have been harder for a woman, especially in a STEM, a STEM type of class. So that's what I mean about this whole idea. And it's not as obvious if you're not a part of that group. It's harder to distinguish ignorance and it's harder to distinguish um, when someone is being sexist or racist if you're not a part of that group. And I, the best example I can give of this is, I guess I'll, I guess I'll just use the topic of mansplaining. And I know it's kind of a joke and we're all like, oh, stop mansplaining that to me. And I say, I say to like, even my friends who are like, obviously women and say, oh, stop mansplaining that to me. So it's kind of a joke, but it really is a real thing. And it just gets laughed on because people say it so much, but it happens on the daily. And I can think of an example. One time I was showing this person in my, phys in my physics class my answer, and I knew I had the right answer because I checked it with the answer key, so I knew my work was right. And that person wanted to know what my answer was. They sought me out to get my answer. So I showed my answer, and then he says oh, well, you do this and then you do this to get the answer. And he starts explaining my own work to me and to someone else, maybe to a man that may have seemed, oh, he's just trying to kind of think out loud and stuff. But to me, I knew it was because just because that whole idea of mansplaining and it sounds funny. It's a funny word like mansplaining, but it's true. It is true. It's a real thing. It happens to me very often, especially in those science and math classes. But the only way that it's easy to distinguish is when you are part of the group who is being mansplained too. So when you are a woman, it's easier to understand when that's happening. I guess that's the whole point of what I'm saying, the whole idea. And I hope I explain that well. I know it's kind of difficult to explain some of these ideas. So I tried to make it as thorough as possible so that you can understand what I'm saying. But in my opinion, that is where ignorance comes from. Now, what ignorance looks like is a different story. Like I said, ignorance is a spectrum. And I have a few stories that I want to tell you guys of when I've seen ignorance and, oh my god, they are, you will not believe it when I tell you these stories. So, number one, I'm going to tell you my story from some stories from my government class this year 
APGov. So I have had people in my class, white males in my class, obviously, because again, easier to be ignorant when you have white privilege, when you have male privilege, arguing for the white replacement theory. Yeah, I'm just going to let that sit. And I don't even know what to say. Like, I genuinely just don't know what to say to that because every single time, and I feel like everyone has that very privileged, extremely ignorant white male in their social studies class. There's one every year. I don't think I've had a class without one. Maybe it's even your teacher. If it's your teacher, I feel very, very sorry for you. But everyone has that one person in their social studies class who's extremely ignorant. They're most likely white. They're most likely a male because that's the way society caters to them. They don't know what it's like to be on the receiving end of discrimination. So to hear them arguing for such an insane concept, to hear one of them say or hint at that slavery was justified is insane. It's insane because when you have experienced what it's like to receive discrimination, you know you can kind of have, you can develop a sense of empathy more easily and you are not going to say such crazy things like that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in shock right now when I'm thinking back on it. I'm in class and when I tell you it was a whole debate and this was during Black History Month. I mean, the audacity of someone to say such a heinous thing during Black History Month is beyond me, but they said that during Black History Month and honestly, if I was the teacher of that class, I I honestly would have had them out of the classroom so fast because not only is it such an awful thing to say during Black History Month, but also, you know, we have other black students in the class. How does that make those students feel to hear such an awful thing? To basically hear those people say, you are inferior to me, basically is what they're trying to argue. I mean, I just can't, I can't imagine it, but I felt terrible. And, you know, my friends who were, you know, also women of color, well, not also, but they were women of color. I just, I felt terrible for them in that class, just having to li- just having to sit there and listen to those people say awful things. That was really probably one of the most memorable days of high school in a bad way, like a terrible way. And I remember the whole class just went completely silent when they said that. And we were saying, like, we were all staring at each other, like, did they really just try to justify slavery? Like, did they really just say that? We were all staring at each other. And honestly, someone should have said, I regret not saying something. And I did say something um, later on in the school year during another one of their disgusting debates, but I really regret not saying something because that just perpetuates ignorance and allows them to be in that position of power and to say, oh, no one's going to say something so I can continue to talk. And it just disgusts me. I, I just can't believe there are people that would even say something like that. It's just, it's just really shocking to see, especially when most of the people, in my experience, most of the people, actually all the people I surround myself with are very, I would say, very accepting of other people. 
So just to come in contact with people who are completely on the opposite end of that spectrum is just very eye-opening in a terrible way. Then I have another story from that same class. Um, This girl in my class was saying that why wouldn't women want to stay at home? And you know what? I think that if a woman wants to be a stay-at-home mom, that is her decision. But it's the very fact that there should be a decision to be made. It's the very fact that not all women want to do that. So just her saying that, her saying, well, why wouldn't they want to stay at home, was ignorant in itself. Because she's not recognizing the fact that there's been a long battle for women's suffrage. There's been a long battle for women's rights that still isn't, that still isn't in the Constitution. In AP Gov, we were learning about the Equal Rights Equal Rights Amendment, which was not ratified, and it fell three states short of ratification. So, really, women are not equal to men in the Constitution, still, after hundreds of years, years and years, and decades of fighting for rights. And it's just very... I feel like it's very frustrating to hear people to hear people say something like that because it's just not acknowledging all the work women have put in to be able to have a seat at the table, to be able to work in the White House, to be able to serve in our government. So that was something else. And I remember my friends and I looked at each other like, uh, that definitely should not have been said. You know, it's just the fact that women should have a choice. Women should have a choice if they want to be a stay-at-home parent or if they want to go and be a part of the workplace. There needs to be that choice. So those are my stories. I have more stories, more ignorance, but I feel like I won't be able to concentrate on the rest of the episode because I'll be too angry. So those are my stories. I feel like ignorance also, or I know ignorance also looks like not being aware of other cultures. What I mean by saying not being aware of other cultures was this year I had several teachers give tests on Eid and a lot of my school is Muslim and just the very fact that they were giving tests on Eid shows that they weren't aware of the holiday and that they didn't know people wouldn't be in school or maybe they did and they just continued to schedule tests anyway. So that's an example of ignorance, what ignorance looks like when you're not aware of other cultures and other traditions. And, you know, maybe that was a harmless mistake. They really didn't know. And that's okay because when something ignorant is done, that leaves room to educate and to teach and to say, you know, these are other cultures. These are their values. This is how you should correct your behavior. So there is always that room for education. Also, another thing, which I think, I don't know if I feel like some schools definitely still do this, but my school doesn't. They changed it, but calling winter break Christmas break. I know it's a very small thing, and again, you kind of have to put yourselves in the shoes of someone who is not Christian, because someone who is not Christian may feel a little bit left out. For example, I am also Jewish. Um, My dad is Jewish, so when I heard teachers calling winter break Christmas break, knowing that a lot of times Hanukkah falls during that time off that kids get off from school. It was a little bit, I don't know, just something that stuck stuck out to me and something I noticed. And so it's just little things like that that kind of exclude groups of people that even though we don't mean to exclude groups of people by 
saying certain things or doing certain things, it can happen regardless. So it's just being cautious, making sure that everyone is included in the conversation. And just a little thing of changing from saying Christmas break to winter break is so much more inclusive and it just makes everyone feel kind of protected. Not protected, but just cared for. And I think that's really important. Another thing, this is something that irks me so much. And if you kind of fall in the same boat with me, you will agree. It's not attempting to learn someone's name that has a non-common name or even a non-white name or taking forever to learn their name. I, the amount of times that people have just called me some other name besides Mela, the amount of times people have called me Maya, like my name is not Maya, my name is Mela, and the very fact that you are just just defaulting to calling me Maya tells me that you don't want to learn my name and you want to use a common name, even a more white name, to refer to me. And I just feel like that is ignorance in itself, the unwillingness to learn someone's name. You know, your name is the most basic part of your identity, so the very fact that someone wouldn't bother to learn my name or wouldn't put as much effort into learning my name, it's really hurtful. Like, it really hurts and you know, I've been called Michaela. Like, my name is not Michaela. My name is Mela. So, please don't call me Michaela. Like, please don't default to something easier for you to remember. That's not me. I hate when people, I really hate when people call me Maya because that's not my name. And if you have an uncommon name too, you're probably like, oh my god, yes, that always happens to me. It's so frustrating. Like, please learn my name. And please don't continue to mispronounce my name. Like, I understand if it happens a couple times because it's just an honest mistake. But if it's like, if I've had to remind you over five, ten times how to pronounce my name, it's just, it just makes the other person feel not, it just makes you feel less. Like, that's the most simple way, that's the simplest way I can simplest word I can use to describe it. It just makes me feel less. So learn my name. That's something that really frustrates me. That's definitely a pet peeve and it really does show ignorance. It really does. Also, saying something without evidence to back it up. For an example, saying that COVID is fake. Saying something like that really has an effect that goes just beyond surface level. Because when you say something like that, especially online, the effects of that are that people who may not be as educated or children who may be more susceptible to impression or susceptible to an opinion change, they may start to believe that because they don't know any better and because it's easier for them to fall into that trap without backing something up with evidence. So when you say something, when you say something racist, like in a very large expansive sea, the amount of times that just simply racist things were said to Shireen just based on the fact that she wore hijab and that she was Muslim. Just when you say something like that and there's no evidence to back it up and it's obviously discriminatory or it's obviously a lie, the effect is just terrible and you really just have to be cautious especially when you're saying things online and I remember I posted this TikTok video I think I said something about COVID in the caption like I haven't been able to go on vacation because of COVID 
So someone commented, COVID isn't real with kind of like the laughing emoji. And when I tell you, I deleted that comment so fast because I know what happens when people see stuff like that. You know, maybe they see something one time, but when you see something multiple times, it starts to become a part of your brain. You start to believe it. That's why when you say to yourself, I'm so ugly and you say it multiple times, your brain starts to believe that. It's that repeated thought process that your brain starts to develop those familiar connections and those just becomes automatic. So I deleted that comment so fast because I was not about to negatively impress other people and shape their opinions with false things. Like I'm not even gonna debate, I'm not even gonna debate this. So I was like, I'm deleting the comment. So I think what really irks me, another thing, another pet peeve is when I'm online and I see someone in the comment section and especially, okay, okay, there's like multiple, multiple examples of this. So one example is when someone has a video and someone just says something racist in the comments or someone says something sexist and the creator of that video doesn't delete the comments. Like, okay, yes, First Amendment, freedom of speech, but also it's your video. So if you want to delete comments like that, you are allowed to. Like, you don't have to keep comments like that. And another thing is when someone will make a video of their friend and some idiot online will say something rude about their friend's appearance and they'll keep the comment up. Like, that just makes you a terrible friend. Delete the comments and delete comments that are spreading lies and delete comments that are offensive. Like, you don't have to keep those comments up. I think that's my biggest thing. And especially when it's like a big a big content creator or like a big influencer, it's like just allowing those comments to sit there and especially when they're at the top of the comment thread so you know that if they open their comments one time, they've seen it. Just allowing that comment to sit there is just perpetuating that cycle of ignorance. Like you not acting upon that, you not deleting the comment is continuing the cycle. It's continuing it in an indirect way. And that really frustrates me too. Even, like I said, the friend thing. Like, why would you let a stranger make comments about your friend's appearance? That's that's a red flag. Why would you do that? I mean, I see, like, people online doing that. I'm like, um, that's very questionable. I would not be friends with them anymore if my friend did that to me. Like, are, are, we, being, are we being serious right now? So, yeah, that's just a little pet peeve. But again, perpetuating that cycle. Another thing, what ignorance looks like, is not paying attention to current events. It's very easy to stay trapped in our own bubble, especially when we have that privilege, even when you have the privilege of living in a wealthy country where you may not go through the struggles that people in other countries go through in developing countries. So I know living in the United States, you know, we have a lot of struggles, but I don't have as many, I don't have an amount of struggles close to people who may be living in a developing country or women living in a developing country. And I think the very fact that sometimes we kind of refuse to look at the news, I don't know, I'm saying we as if like me and maybe you, but maybe not you. But I know sometimes, for me at least, it's really easy to just ignore the news because I say, if I don't read the articles, then it's almost not really happening. And I know that's a really bad thing to say 
and it makes me seem ignorant. And again, it is ignorant to do that. And I'm trying to work on it, but you know, sometimes the news is really depressing and we just don't want to know about it because then we feel it on our conscience. If we're aware of something happening in another country or even happening in another part of the country and we're aware of that happening and it becomes a part of our mind, it's on our mind and it almost makes us feel guilty. It makes me feel guilty at least. And so that's what has stopped me before from reading different news articles because I just, I don't know, it just weighs me down. But it's important to stay updated. It's important to know the gist of what's happening. You don't have to be able to write a novel on what's going on, but you have to be aware, you know? You have to understand a little bit because if you understand a little bit, then you're making an effort to understand other cultures, you're making an effort to educate yourself, and thus you're making an effort to slow the cycle of ignorance. And I think that's really important. So, again, living in a privileged country, definitely, obviously very thankful, but I definitely do need to make more of an effort to keep up with current events and read the news and just stay educated because it does show when you're not aware of other things and that's something I'm going to be working on and maybe you maybe you need to work on it too. I I don't know, but yeah, that's what I would say. But I know I've kind of talked about this the whole episode, you know, why ignorance is dangerous, but I want to delve a little deeper into why it's so dangerous. So we've talked about, you know, the roots of ignorance, we've talked about what it looks like, my personal experiences with it. But what happens when someone says something ignorant or does something ignorant? It creates false stereotypes. It creates false prejudices against groups of people. And those prejudices then turn into racism over time when ignorant things are said multiple, multiple times and that's all we're being exposed to. So I'm going to go back to the example I gave of saying COVID is fake. Clearly, wrong, 100% false. But saying something like that impresses other people. And the more influence a person has, the more influence someone has who says something like that, for example, the president, the more people's opinions they sway. So I'm going to give an example. And I think this, obviously, this is going to be kind of a biased example, but it's a true example. And the example I'm going to give is when Trump was president, him saying that COVID wasn't a big deal. That leads to supporters of his, especially those who are uneducated, believing that and telling other people. And then there's this whole side of, is COVID real or not? Instead of, what can we do to com combat COVID? And I remember I talked about this in another episode. I forget what episode it was, but talking about climate change. When you have people in positions of power doubting climate change, that leads to them impressing their supporters who then tell other people who are very easy, whose opinions are very easy to sway. And then you have this whole debate of, is it real or not, instead of, how are we going to fix this? And the same thing goes for COVID. And I I also mentioned that that my one of my teachers was the one who kind of explained that concept and it's something that stuck with me. And that was like over a year ago that she said that. 
But the same thing can apply to COVID. And I think during quarantine, it was just really frustrating to see other people just willingly or just not wearing a mask, refusing to wear a mask and putting other people at risk because that is what ignorance is. And especially when, you know, we had over a million deaths, people were dying daily, hospitals were filling up, and there was no there was no vaccine for it during this quarantine time, and people were just not quarantining, people were just going out in public with no mask on, they were wearing it below their nose. I mean, that made me so mad, especially when people wore it below their nose, because it's like, do you not know how science works? Like, if you're going to wear your mask below your nose, just don't wear it. Because you're basically not wearing it. You're still breathing on everything. Like, your nose is one of the canals that air comes out of. And you're not covering it? Okay, then just don't just don't wear it at that point. That was another thing that frustrated me. But anyways, that's why we really have to be cautious when we post things online. And that's why, again, like I was saying, social media can be super dangerous to kids. Because kids are still forming their own opinions. Especially kids in elementary school and middle school, and even high school. In high school, okay, high school I feel like is the time when people start to form their own opinions and their opinions differ from those of their parents, but in middle school especially, a lot of kids still have the same political ideology as their parents. They still kind of repeat the same things their parents say. They are a little bit more uneducated about certain topics, so they in turn, are more impressionable because they're still forming those opinions. So when there is a content creator who is very misogynistic and who only posts about hating women and how women are inferior to men, that has a big influence on those kids' opinions of women. And I feel like people just undermine that so much. People don't understand that, how much of an impact that has. And People, kids are going to naturally look up to people who are older than them. So when they see someone that's like, oh, they look so cool, and that person is saying terrible things about women, that kid is naturally going to start to believe those things because they look up to that person. So, again, just another thing. That's why I feel like, honestly, kids, TikTok has been like very negative if you are following those, those creators. I mean, it really depends on the type of content you get, but all it takes is one video for a kid to see. And I know it sounds like I'm like 50 years old. I'm like my parents saying, oh, social media is bad. But really, it can have a terrible effect on the development of children's minds. So yeah, that's just something to be cautious of again. Also, I feel like people are kind of acting like it's normal to hate women. Like, Okay, that sounded, that was very much, very much abrupt and didn't make sense. What I'm saying is that people on social media, when I see comment sections of hundreds of comments of people shaming women for what they wear, people saying, oh, a woman's place is in the kitchen, just blatantly sexist, blatantly misogynistic things, and people think that's normal because so many creeps and so many weirdos gather on social media because they know their opinions aren't accepted in real life. But in social media, you can connect with other people who have similar views as you, and that can both be a positive and a negative. 
and it's negative when all these weirdos gather and it makes it seem like that's the popular opinion. The popular opinion is that women are inferior to men, according to them, because they all gather on social media in that one comment section or on that one account. And this, again, makes it seem like that's the popular view. So then when a child sees that account, they think, oh, everyone's thinking this. I'm going to hop on with that bandwagon effect. I'm going to think the same thing. And, you know, it's just not normal. I feel like people can sometimes act like, oh, yeah, it's normal. Like, it is not normal for men to feel that way about women. But sometimes online, it makes it seem as if that's normal. That's kind of the whole idea I'm getting at there. I know the first line I said was probably like, that makes zero sense, but that's what I meant by that. So we've talked about what ignorance looks like, why it's dangerous, and just things that we need to be cautious about. So ways that we can combat ignorance, because we do need to think about what we say. And again, I'm saying we, because I feel like everyone who, I feel like, okay, everyone has said something offensive probably without meaning to, I myself included. But it's about learning after we say something and learning how to correct our thinking and just being very open to being educated. And, oh, this is another point I wanted to make. The very fact that someone is unwilling to learn about a new idea is ignorance. So an example of this I can say is that a lot of adults, adults are unwilling to understand non-binary people and the fact that someone may not identify with a specific gender and the very unwillingness to say no I'm not going to learn about what you have to say that is ignorance in itself and it frustrates me when I'm trying to explain to adults I'm trying to explain to adults what that is even though I'm even though I'm not in that position just doing my best to explain and they just say but it doesn't make sense but I don't understand well, you don't have to understand. You won't understand unless you are in that position. I will never understand what it's like to be a minority. And similarly, a man will never understand what it's like to be me because I'm a woman. But what we can do is we can try to understand. We can attempt to. We can attempt to learn from other people. And just attempting to learn is taking a step in the right direction. Also, staying updated with current events through unbiased news sources. There are so many biased news sources, and you really just have to find something. I forget what it's called. Again, we learned about an AP Gov, but it's like this ranking of journals based on how biased they or newspaper companies or whatever, based on how biased they are. And there's one at the very top in the middle of the spectrum, and I forget what it is, but if you can find it, that's the best way to stay updated with current events. And correcting other people's ignorance is probably the best thing that you can do. And I know it's scary. It is so scary when someone says something and you have to raise your hand, but you have to say something. You know, we have, everyone keeps saying Gen Z has to be the change. But so far, I've seen positive change, you know. The Black Lives Matter protests were initiated heavily by Gen Z and organized by Gen Z. And so just being this younger generation, if you're listening, even millennials, we have to correct that ignorance and we have to speak out. 
Because if we don't speak out, who will? And I think that's all I want to say for today's episode. I hope this was an interesting discussion. Not discussion, but maybe you were discussing it in your mind with me. So I hope you were able to learn something, maybe find value in something I said. And thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you next time.